the instructions that we're offering each morning are suggestions that will hopefully support the establishment of mindfulness. It's really what we are cultivating here is a quality of mindfulness that is established, more continuous moment to moment. And of course it's going to fluctuate as we go through our day. This is, this is our intention to establish wise mindfulness. And since mindfulness is our practice, this is where we're, what we're instructing around. It's helpful to remember, as Greg mentioned yesterday, that mindfulness doesn't depend on any particular experience or object. There's one sentence in the Satipatthana that says something like, one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. And that independence can be understood in different ways. It might be independent in the teachings that you have understood how to practice, basically, and can practice. On your own. It might be understood as independent of conditions, independent of what is arising. And so, whatever is arising, this too, can be known. And it might be independent, essentially meaning free from clinging, independent of clinging. Clinging is what makes us dependent on things. And so any object any experience we do in the hall suggests this cultivation of the anchor to support an establishment of mindfulness. And yet, we don't need to depend on that anchor either to have a kind of a, a view that if I'm not paying attention to the anchor or my breath and I can't stay with that, then I'm not ready to be with other experiences. Sometimes I've, I've heard people express that, that uh, I can't stay with the breath for very long, so I'm not ready to open up. Sometimes what's happening is that the mind is more interested in other experiences and we can allow the mindfulness to begin to 
I sometimes have this phrase, following the attention, following the awareness, that as uh, we're paying attention to our anchor, the attention may be drawn elsewhere. And if we have the idea that that's a problem, either we might pull the attention back to the breath or get lost, or believe that that experience is somehow uh, either not, not worthy of mindfulness or that we can't be mindful of it. Any experience that arises in your in your being, we can be mindful of it, except perhaps for non-mindfulness. But many of the things that we think we can't be mindful of, spacing out, sleepiness, certain kinds of states of mind, there are certain states of mind in which we're habitually not mindful but it's not inherently non-mindful. And so we can explore this possibility of opening to all experience. If the attention shifts from the anchor, be curious, oh, where's, can the mindfulness follow that? Can the mindfulness know that? And with a a kind attention, this kind of allowing, honoring of our experience. And so the full range of our human experience is the field of our mindfulness practice. Today, There's so many types of experience that um, we can't really talk about them all at once. It would be several hours of instructions to do that. And so we break it up, we split it over several days. Today, um, we'll speak, we'll reflect on mindfulness of bodily experience. And so the way I want to offer this is not so much as, okay, today is what you're, what you're supposed to do is pay attention to your body, but rather just as an offering that this is an area of experience that will arise for you, and these are some ways to notice it, be with it, explore it as it arises and, and maybe some of the places where we tend to get caught or lost around it. And so sometimes we might think of these instructions as something to do for the day, but I'd like to perhaps offer it rather as a pointing to things you might notice and ways to be with things you might notice. The Buddha emphasized exploring, connecting with bodily experience a lot. The first foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of the body. And we have been exploring that with our anchor. All the anchors we suggested are body-based, the breath, the whole body, hearing, 
one of the instructions from the Buddha is for mindfulness of the body is one establishes mindfulness to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and attention towards the body. And he uses this phrase, there is a body Dropping that phrase in, in this moment. There is a body, knowing this body. In a way, we might think of the broad sense of the body as a frame, perhaps, or as a container for all the different sensations that come. We might have a sense of of just this body sitting here. And then within that body there are some specific sensations. Many, many specific sensations, many sensations. Some specific, some very vague in a way. And so There's contact points, maybe the sensations of your hips against the chair or cushion or bench. The body sensations there. What what is the actual experience there? Perhaps hardness or pressure. Maybe a pulsing, a vibration, tingling. Maybe places of softness. This experience, the the sensation level of experience of hips contacting floor, chair, cushion, bench. Is different than our idea about our hips. It's just sensation. often relate to our body through ideas, concepts, even just the concept of hips. But when we connect to the direct sensation level of experience, where is hips in that? It's not there. Hips is a mental, the idea hips is mental, the sensations of contact physical. Perhaps you may notice at the contact points of your hands 
allowing the attention to come into the hands for a few moments. Again, there may be pressure, tingling, pulsing, coolness, or warmth. Maybe, perhaps, a sense of moisture, even. And the sensations of hands. Very different than the concept of hand. It's just sensations. floating in space, in a way. And so in this moment, allowing the body to be somewhat relaxed and Perhaps connecting to your anchor. And for now, if you use hearing as an anchor, connect to either breathing or body sensations, just for a few moments. We're going to explore some of how this sensation level of experience might be known in the body. And so you're connecting with your anchor, knowing that experience of breathing in and breathing out, or, or sitting, just the experience of sitting. And within that experience, as a part of that experience, not separate from it, What are the sensations that are obvious? You don't have to press or focus in. Just see if there can be a receptive quality. Here's a breath. Maybe a sense of expanding in a breath. Some pressure at the top of the breath. And then a releasing and a slight contraction on the, fo- on the end. Or if you're attending at the nostrils, you may notice some coolness or warmth and maybe a sense of flow or subtle vibration in the nostrils on the lip, above the lip. If you're attending to the whole body What's obvious? What experience is is obvious? Maybe there's something drawing your attention, some area of experience. And there might be a habit of knee is what's obvious, or back is what's obvious. But see if you can let go of the idea of knee or back and just kind of connect or contact 
the sensation level? How does the body communicate knee or back? This sensation level of experience is kind of the language that the body uses to speak with the mind, to connect, communicate. And so there's this idea of back, but how is the body actually communicating it? It doesn't use the word back. It expresses maybe tension or pulling, vibration or pressure, aching or lightness. And at times you may be with your anchor exploring the sensation level of experience in a light way. And some other experience of the body kind of becomes more obvious or more interesting perhaps for the attention. And there's no need to... to Try to push that away or ignore it in order to stay with the anchor. Just allowing the mindfulness to explore that experience. Know that. And then maybe another experience becomes clear draws the attention and, and you can know that. Not, you don't have to try to focus or dig, but just again, what, is the, what does the body want to say here? Allow the body to speak rather than you trying to pull it out. It's like being very respectful of a friend who's, who's trying to express something that might be hard to say. Patience and willingness to listen. Receiving the body as it (coughs) communicates. Relaxation is so helpful in this Our system, our mind is, our whole system actually is really designed to be connected and aware of body and mind together. And when we relax, we move a little closer to the body and mind being able to do what they're designed to do. Relax. 
and receiving the body, connecting with the anchor as that supports you. And again, there may be other experiences that arise at times, emotions or thoughts, moods, states of mind, sounds, occasionally smells. We don't have to limit our mindfulness to this terrain of the body. So if some other experience arises, we also can open to that. And there's an intimate connection between body and mind. And so if an emotion or mood arises, or thought arises, we can often recognize that it has an effect on the body. And allow the body communicate how it is given that mood, emotion, or thought. And so continuing your practice this morning. Allowing the body and mind to relax and receive experience. Receive the anchor if that's supported for, supported for you. Or receive a broader sense of experience if that, if the mind can stay connected with that. And remembering this allowing attitude. Kind attention, honoring caring for our being as we attend to this human experience.
At times our body speaks to us through sensations that are unpleasant, what we call pain. Sensations like burning, stabbing, aching, tearing, searing, And um, it can be really useful to recognize the difference between the mind calling it pain and recognizing the actual sensations. Again, how is the body speaking to us? What are the sensations? Are they hard? Are they vibratory? Are they hot or cold? We often have mental reactivity around pain. We don't like it. We want it to go away. We fear that it won't go away. We'd like to control it, to fix it. Aversion is often a piece of our relationship to pain. And it's important to recognize the difference between the sensations, burning, stabbing, pulsing, aching, those sensations, the sense, the, the way the body is speaking to us, and probably the unpleasant quality of that will also be available to know. <laughs> it's going to be really obvious the unpleasantness piece, but even the uh, the unpleasant aspect, the sensation level, and the unpleasant aspect of pain are different than frustration, anger, fear, confusion. clamping down to control or fix the, 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 the movement of the mind to do. So to notice that there are differences there. There's bodily experience and mental experience. And the Buddha talked about pain, physical pain, physical unpleasant experience, uh, and its relationship to mental unpleasant experience with the simile of the dart. And he said that with unpleasant experience, there's that experience, that physical sensation that is unpleasant. That's one thing. And then when we uh, have the mental reactivity, it's like that's one dart, the, the, the physical unpleasantness, that sensation level of experience. That's a dart, as if we were struck by a dart. And then he said that the, uh, the mental experience is like being stabbed by a second dart and that that is something our own minds are doing. So it's kind of like if we, if we cut ourselves with, with uh, something and then we decided to try to fix it by cutting it out, by trying to dig that spot out with the knife. That's 
what we're doing in our minds. We're adding unpleasantness to unpleasantness. And that kind of uh, perpetuates or, or actually multiplies, multiplies the unpleasantness. And so it's really helpful if there is if the body is speaking in that language of pain, of the, 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 what we typically call pain, to see if you can come to, to recognize the sensation level of experience and also recognize what is that relationship, fear or anger or confusion. Because sometimes, sometimes that, um, that relationship is kind of like, it's kind of like it turns the volume up on that, physical sensation. And if we can actually recognize the difference between the two, we might see that, the, that most of our uh, mental, our, our distress is in the mind that is saying to us, I've got another 40 minutes left of the sitting, I'm never going to be able to finish this sitting. Or whatever it's saying, you know, that, that this is not okay, this is a problem, I have to fix it. Uh, sometimes what, when we actually look at the experience, the, the sensation level of experience, it's just slightly uncomfortable. And our mind has turned up the dial. So that, that can be interesting to explore around pain. What is the actual level of physical sensation that's happening and what is the mind's reaction to it? So kind of distinguishing between these two layers of experience. And if you discover in doing that exploration that the physical aspect of experience is very strong and it seems like it might be damaging, this is part of the way our, mind, our body communicates with us around this is something perhaps that we need to take care of. And so it is fine to move. I would encourage exploring this mental, physical uh, balance and relationship before you move. And then if you choose to move, see if you can explore the possibility of doing that mindfully rather than reactively. Rather than moving out of that reactivity of mind that says, this is a big problem. Having done that kind of exploration, perhaps there can be a a sense of connecting with compassion and recognizing, yeah, this one feels like it's it's, it's a good one to to move. So I will move right now and do so mindfully. And there are times when moving will not change that. And so noticing the relationship, this this kind of recognizing that sometimes our bodies are, there's a situation in the body that movement doesn't really take care of that, then it's really important to know how the mind is in relationship to it. That relationship of fear, anger, confusion, hatred, frustration, repression, pushing, control, 
is optional. It is not necessary, and yet we are so conditioned in that direction that it will come habitually. And so our, our exploration in mindfulness is to recognize, okay, yeah, there's, there's, there's unpleasant sensation and I don't like it. That's what's happening. It can be simple. So, again, there are some announcements. And uh, as I said the other day, I think often at the beginning, there's a number of announcements. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.